Thank you so much, Pastor Mark Anthony. And wow, what a lot we're walking through and walking in. But you know, it hasn't changed. We do that every day anyway. It's just it seems like we're not supposed to have to do that during Christmas. For some reason, it's like, well, hold it. Everything, sickness, take a time out. What's going on? Hey, bad news, take a time out. Don't you know it's Christmas? And let me say, we have an enemy of our soul that wants to wreak havoc during this season more than any. And this is why we have to be locked into what Jesus is saying and what he's doing in the midst of it. And so as we're walking through all these heavy things, and by the way, I was experiencing those when Mark, Pastor Mark Anthony, when he shared that with me, he was with the family. Uh, we were not sure. We had heard some rumors that, that, uh, little, um, that, that things had not gone well. And so what we had done, I had actually, we were having our Christmas party and um, we ended up where uh, little Kingsley that uh, we had found out and when we walked in right when we were fixing to go eat, I was like, hey, I got to let y'all know that uh, it was a lot of tears and there are still as we walk through it, but in the midst of it, in the midst of it, this is where we lock into Jesus and we've been, we've been locked into this. We've had four, we've had uh, two messages already. We're in this Advent, the arrival of Jesus. And this is what makes it so important to be connected to Jesus. This arrival season, this Advent where, hey, he's shown up and we've said, hey, he's coming back. This isn't it. He, he said, hey, I'm here. I've restored. I'm renewed. I've redeemed. And guess what? I'm going to go away. But where I go, I'm going to bring you with me but I'm going to come back to the earth. And so we're preparing for his second arrival, his second coming. And that's why we got to stay on our A game to say, hey, we're locked into more what Jesus is saying and what he's doing than what's simply happening around us. So this morning, we've already looked at hope. A couple weeks ago, we, we locked into this season. We, man, hope is a powerful thing. It's the, one of the most powerful things that we have to have in our lives, especially for days like this where we've got to be able to hang on to something. Really, really, it's more of something that hangs on to us because hope seems sometimes to be fleeting. When, when life takes a turn for the rest, worse, whether in a relationship or with diagnosis or in our finances or even in our own spiritual life, this is where hope grabs a hold and Jesus grabs a hold and says, hold it, whoa, 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 there's hope in Christ. Our hope is in him and we want that in. Then we looked last week at peace, another Virtue that Jesus wants us to lean into and have full abundance of. And today, of all days, I get to, I get, we get to learn, glean, lean from, from joy. And you say, Mark, how can you do joy today? <laughs> and especially yesterday, y'all, it wasn't a joyful day for me. I'll just be honest. Like my head was so packed full of junk and I'm not talking about mentally or, or spiritually. I'm talking about physically like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm praying into joy. And I'm going, Jesus, it's such a joy to serve you. It's such a joy. I got to get this head cleared up so I don't sit here and sneeze all over everything. And I'm so thankful that by his grace and mercy and with the help of some, a, a doctor friend of mine who I went and saw and um, said, hey, I, 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 I don't want to call in sick tomorrow. It's, hard. it's pretty bad if the pastor calls in sick for Sunday. That's just not something you're like, hey, y'all, I'd love to come. But um, not that that hasn't ever happened. But 
So anyhow, as we look at this thing and we dive into this thing, we dive into joy, you know, there's a lot of things when we think about it. it if you think of joy, it's an intrinsic thing that happens deep on the inside. It's not an outward. I know sometimes we can see it as an outward emotion, but it's not. It's an intrinsic value that God births within us when we become born again. It's something he gives us. Just like last week when we looked at peace, Jesus said he's the prince of peace and he told us, I give you my peace. In other words, I'm giving you something you don't have. I'm giving myself, I'm giving you my peace, not as the world gives. The same thing happens with joy. But a lot of times we get joy and happiness kind of mixed up a little bit. Like we think joy means happiness. Happiness is more of emotion. And I was reading through um, one of my newsletters that I get from Compassion International, which is a ministry that reached out to children. And during that, they had a great article and it said the difference between joy and happiness. And I want to let you see that real quick. Just a few little bullet points here. Joy is a little word. Happiness is a big word. Just in the natural. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. So this morning we're looking at the joy of the Lord and we're looking at what he bursts within us. Joy is of the soul. Happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends. Happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment, waiting to be discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows while happiness hugs hello. Joy is a practice and a behavior. It is deliberate and intentional. Happiness comes and goes blithely along its way. Joy is profound and scriptural. Don't worry, rejoice. Happiness is a bomb. Don't worry, be happy. Y'all know the fish I'm talking about when I say that. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardship and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness but chooses joy. So those are just some little bullet points and I'll get those to you if you want those later to look over and to, to help somebody pass. I'll be happy to do that. But this morning as we think about it, you know, as I was preparing, I was flooded with a memory from long ago with my family um, with, that we went on this vacation to this place. Uh, I'm going to take you back in time a little bit. We went to this place in Orlando, Florida. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, it, it's, it's where this literally a creative genius, I mean, literally a creative genius named Walt Disney took one of the most hated rodents on the planet <laughs> and made him a multi-billion dollar icon, worldwide icon that people celebrate and spend exorbitant amounts of time and money to go visit this little place that we call Mickey Mouse's house. <laughs> It is, it's called the magical kingdom. I'm like, man, if you're not a creative genius to do that to where, look, if you see a little mouse in your house, you're not calling him Mickey. Hey, Mickey, come here. <laughs> you're like, what? 
<laughs> Call the exterminator. Some people, I don't, I, got, I don't have time for video to show you of the extent that people go through to try to get rid of a mouse in their house. It gets serious. It gets crazy. But anyhow, so he did that. And so we decided at a thing, we're going to take our, we're going to the mouse's house. We're going to go have, you know what his slogan is? Its slogan is the happiest place on earth. I want to tell you, we tested it and we proved it wrong. Because I wonder if you're like me, you've ever taken your kids to the happiest place on earth. And I'll just say maybe it was because of our timing and their ages. I think Mark Anthony was probably like six and Megan was like three. And, uh, and my wife and I, we thought, hey, we're just going to go give them some. We're going for happiness. We're going to have fun. Woo! And we walk in and there's all smiles and excitement. We even stayed in the, in the, in a room in there and it had all the characters in there. And we were like right on campus and we're, we're going and we're having so much fun. And it all took a, tor- a terrible turn for the worse and really took on a nightmarish type feel when, uh, we were walking down the street, the main street. And all of a sudden there was this character that's referred to as Donald Duck And my six-year-old son is sitting there and he's coming right at him on the sidewalk. And instead, this Donald Duck that's usually about six inches because everybody knows knows back then, we didn't have big screen TVs. Come on. The only big screen was at a theater. (laughs) We had this little small one. And so they used to watch this little six-inch Donald Duck. And now he's over six, almost seven feet. And he comes walking up to him and he just freezes like... And then as Donald thinks he sees him, he's going to come and make it all better. And as he gets closer, he sits and all of a sudden he uses his vocal cords to let out an ear-piercing scream. That, you know, so loud, so scary. Donald said, let's go this way. I'm not even trying. This kid has no hope. I got no hope of getting any, getting any better. And so we went from that moment to, we thought, okay, let's get them out of here, get them out of here. There's others coming. We're like, go to the castle, go to the castle. We're going to the castle. See, the big castle is so nice. As we're walking up to the castle, out comes Mickey and Minnie Mouse to do autographs. Now, listen, to be honest, I mean, if anybody's ever been there, it was perfect timing. I mean, we walked up just as they were walking up and we're like, but there's this little guy going, ah! and I'm like, okay, so we've got mom right here, Liz is right here. I'm like, hey, you take Megan, because Megan's like, oh, boy, Vicky and Minnie, oh, boy, Minnie, Minnie Mouse, Minnie Mouse. And I'm like, oh, no, we got to, so I ease on around. I'm like, I got to get him out of here. So we'll go, so we're going to the cat. we're going in the castle. Let's go to the castle. They there, so we're in the castle. I'm like, I'm just waiting because it won't take long. They're first in line. You can't even buy that. I'm like, right in line. So as they go there, we go in the castle. I'm like, man, that was close. So we're sitting here saying, I'm sorry. Out of four doors, one, two, three, four, secret doors in the castle. Out comes Chip, out comes Dell, out comes Pluto, and out comes Goofy. Whoa! <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. And he's going, whoa! I'm like, let's go. We're going out of the castle. Let's make a dash for it. This happiest place on earth <laughs> wasn't such a happy place, can I say? Now, later, I'm sure we've been back and had fun and what have you, but... 
It goes back to happiness. Matter of fact, if you ever stop and watch, like I took you to amusement parks for many years. And I'll just tell you, going in, it's like, coming out, it's like, oh, just get me home. I'm done. And so we got to be careful that we don't try to associate joy and happiness, this emotion and this feeling, instead of a deep-seated, rooted experience of value, of virtue that God displays and demonstrates and deposits into our heart. And as we look at the joy of the Lord, there's just three things that I want us to look at this morning. We've already read Luke 2, and it's where the one we used with the peanuts last week. And just for time's sake, I want to just go over a few verses with you. In Luke 2, 8 through 4, uh, and, and starting in verse 8, it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, using the King James Version, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And let me just say here that if you go through Scripture, Old and New Testament, I've studied a lot. I don't know it all, but I've studied a lot and still learning. Anytime humans came encountered with the supernatural, it was always a sense of fear and being undone. <gasps> it's undone. Just like when my son came in contact with a, a supernatural six, seven foot Donald. <gasps> this is a little small thing. I'm used to this, but I'm not used to this. Anytime human beings came in, in the contact with the supernatural, it happened. And so that there was this fear that would come upon them. And it said, the angel of the Lord said unto them, fear not. The same thing Jesus did after he rose from the dead and walked through the wall and his disciples were in fear that they were coming to be drug out and beaten and like he was. He said, fear not. Behold, I bring you not somebody else. I don't bring the nation. I bring you, you shepherds, going through your everyday routine life, doing what you're supposed to do out at night, watching sheep, not something everybody wanted to do by no means. They're just doing, they're on the night shift, y'all. And it's not a fun place to be. Anybody here ever worked a night shift? And you're just like, oh boy, <laughs> it's a different thing. And so the, they're going through it. I bring you good tidings of Great joy, not just joy, great joy. For unto you is born this day, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so he, then he describes them and, he, and the angels tell where they're gonna be. But this morning, as we look at this word joy, I want you to get a, a glimpse, a picture of what that looks like. Joy, if we look at it in the Greek, it's chara. That's what it means, joy, gladness, rejoice. Ones who rejoice, who are glad are, and who have received joy from God and others, the joy of the Lord. It's, it's this thing, like I said, it's something that we get gifted when we come into relationship with Jesus. And I've just got three things real quick, and I'm gonna move quick for you, but I believe there's three things that we need to glean from this morning and from this season, and that is joy was revealed. 
Joy was revealed. Like they, you got to think you're going through your everyday life and you're in your routine and you're, you're on night shift and there's nobody else out there and you're watching this and all of a sudden this heavenly host shows up. It revealed to them God had something for them that they were not aware of at that moment, at that time and what they were walking through. And I wonder sometimes when we get walking through our everyday lives and the struggles and the trials that Jesus promised, promised us we would have, I wonder sometimes if we lose that revelation. As if somehow the joy of the Lord is not afforded to me at that moment. And I'll just say this, just as when I heard a little Kinsley, and I just want to say to you, I watched this little girl in this. My two granddaughters sat right there, and they'd be at the table, and y'all, can I tell you, it is so sweet as they're sitting there. Now, I will say, she was a bossy little booger. I'm just going to go ahead and say, <laughs> and y'all know how I know that, because I got two bossy little boogers. <laughs> and she was sitting there giving them the where to, the what more. Like, they're like, okay, okay, yeah, sweet as she can be. And it's in these moments that we have to have this underlying strength, the support that says as tragic and as painful and as, I mean, gut-wrenching as this is, to have this undergirded, underlying strength, this God saying, it's going to be all right. This joy is not just a matter of, hey, everything's great, and I just ignore it. Yeah, just be happy. It's like, no, in the midst of it is why Jesus showed up, just like he did with the shepherds in their mundane, regular, I've got great joy for you. Not that your life is going to be all joyful from here on out, but you will get to experience in every moment, every situation of your life. So first, joy is revealed. Secondly, joy is received. So just because somebody reveals something to you doesn't mean you receive it. So there has to be a moment in your life, in my life, where I say, hey, this has been afforded to me, but do I actually accept it? Do I, do I receive what's been given to me? And probably one of the most powerful men that I can't wait to meet when I get to heaven is this man named David who was this wild man who had an incredible life, who had incredible successes and major failures, and it's all recorded every bit of it. Like none of it got left out. Could you imagine if, if somebody wrote your life down, everything you did, ah, Mark Lynn. <laughs> and it, they record everything you said, did, good, bad, and indifferent. You're like, whoa, it's gonna be read for everybody. And I just wanna say, I draw strength from this man who, who had incredible success, incredible failures, but he kept pursuing God. And that's where in Psalms 51, we talk, he was an Old Testament believer with a New Testament heart and understanding of God. So in, in Psalms 51, 10 through 12, it says this, he's praying after he had just committed adultery with Bathsheba, after he had her husband killed and murdered, and he's going about his business, and Nathan the prophet came and, and laid that out, and for time, I'm not going in there, but he, 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 he um, in a story, convicts him of what's happened, and he goes and he, he writes this to the, he writes this song, this hymn, He's the spiritual song. That's all a psalm is, a spiritual song. He writes to the Lord and he says, create in me. And this is just one part of it. If you got some time later today, go read Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. 
In other words, my heart's pretty dirty, man. I got some junk in here. I've done some junk and there's some junk and God, I'm looking to you. I, I can't just make this all better. I can't just watch videos. I can't eat myself into happiness. I can't, I can't get enough drugs in my system. I can't drink enough. I can't binge watch enough. I can't, you know, I can't do enough things to try to make myself happy. He says, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And then I love what he says, do not cast me away from your presence. And if I could say one thing to us, church, in 33 years of ministry, 33 and a half years of full-time ministry, one of the biggest battles that I walk through with people is people feeling somehow that God has left them. And I know all of us at different times go through that. And if I could just affirm you, he knew what he was getting into when he called you. He didn't get surprised like, he did what? He knew, and when we look at this, David said, don't cast me away from your presence. He knew how important that was. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And he goes on, and this is what I want you to get out of this receiving. Look what he says. This is New Testament theology in the Old Testament. Thousands of years before Jesus showed up, he said, restore to me. And I want you to get this. Many people read over it and they miss it. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Not my salvation. Your salvation, your ability to save, your ability to cleanse, your ability to renew, your ability to make things right. You rejoice to restore to me the joy of your salvation. It's his and he gives it to us. And uphold me by your generous spirit. For those of you, and including me, at times, when we think somehow I gotta do more, I gotta be more, I gotta pray more, I gotta read more, I gotta, 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 He's provided everything we need to connect with him. He's provided everything we need for cleansing, for wholeness, for help, for renewal of heart, spirit, mind. He's the one that does that. And if we are sitting here on that hamster wheel of trying to make it right, I'm just telling you, we, joy was revealed during this season. Joy was received. And I love this. Here, here's one for you that I, as I was reading through and just praying, joy in its essence, in its essence, is gladness of heart that comes from knowing God, abiding in Christ, and being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it looks like. It's not a one-time thing. It's, a, it's an abiding. It's a continual. So on those days when it's too much, on those days when your life is on the verge of it's over, I, I can't help it. I don't have any hope. I don't have any peace. I don't have any joy. I don't have any love. On those moments, this is what this Christmas season represents. It's, the, it's for those days that we have this. 
And the third and final thing is simply this. We've got joy revealed, joy received, and that's for you individually. See, it's, an, it's not enough to simply say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And for those of y'all, I've told you what world is. World is, there's three things. There's the cosmos, the physical planet that we're floating around right now by God's grace and his immense ability to create stuff. Like we are perfect time rotating around the axis, everything. He's provided all that. So the world is that, but then it's the system of how we operate in the world where, you know, I'm, my name's Jimmy. I'll take y'all. You can give me, forgive me whose numbers with Jimmy, anything, but anyhow, but I, I get all I can while I can and forget everybody else. That's not what the world there. It also means those who are far away from him, from God. So if you read it correctly, John three sixteen, for God loved those who are so far away from him that he gave his only begotten son so that those who are far away from him could come near and not die away from him, perish, but have the life that he came to give, the everlasting Zoe life that he came to give. And I just want to tell you, when we say, for God so loved the world instead of for God so loved me, for God so loved you, that's why he told the shepherds, I bring you good tidings. Of great days. This isn't just, it is for everybody. He goes on to say, this, this will be for you and for all people. But we got to get this personal. So if I'm revealed and, and, and we want to attend to what's revealed to us and we receive it, and then the third thing is simply joy released. Joy released. One of the hardest things to do because we don't know what to say sometimes. We don't know what to do sometimes. And so what do we do? We withdraw. Because I'm afraid I'm gonna say the wrong thing, I'm gonna do the wrong thing, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna retreat, and I'm gonna hold back, and instead of saying, I don't know what to do, but I know this, I'm gonna show up, and I'm gonna be present. I'm gonna be present. Like, I'm just going to tell you, after 33 and a half years of full-time ministry, I have waited in a situation woefully unprepared in many different arenas. But the one thing I simply do is say, Jesus, you're fully prepared. You have, you have been there. You know everything. And all I want to do is be your ambassador. I love what James, Jesus' brother, Look what James, Jesus' brother, had to say about joy. Consider it pure joy. Not just joy, pure joy. Pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Joy is generally not the first word that comes to my mind when I'm going through something. I'm not thinking, whoa, thank you, Jesus. I, get, I, I, I can get upset just like everyone. I'm like, whoa, why? How come what, you, you do all that? But he says, consider it pure joy. Why? Whenever you face many trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then he says, let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature 
and complete, not lacking anything. You know, when we think about Jesus, in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, it wasn't just about today. He had an eternal perspective that, yes, what I do today does matter. It does affect me. It does have an influence on my life. But ultimately, this is not our home. We're passing through, y'all. And how we affect other people when we withhold what we've been given and what we have. When we withhold what we've been given and what we have, what we're doing is we're really, we're, we're, we're like a dam that's stopping up the flow of God's, his, his hope, his peace, his joy, his love that he wants to release through you and me. That's what, he, that's what we're doing. And so I just want to challenge us in closing. There was um, a man who was trying to kill believers. We all know him as Paul, but his real name was Saul. He was a religious leader. And Saul, who was transformed into Paul through a, an experience on the, on the road to Damascus trying to go kill people, trying to get Christians, he experienced and he began to live out his life and experience God's grace in a powerful way. And in one of his journeys, he actually was in Acts 16, it records that he cast out demons out of a girl that was very profitable to some people around him. And as a result of that, they had him arrested, him and Silas. And uh, they did some pretty crazy things when they were arrested. They were in jail for doing what was right, doing the Lord's work. This is what it says in verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, I always laugh because it doesn't say what time they were arrested. When I read scripture, I, li I like to have fun. I read into the story. It didn't say what time they got arrested. It, they weren't, I know they weren't doing it at night, so it took them a minute to get book processed in there, and now they've decided I'm gonna, we're going to sing joy. So they start singing praises and hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. This is where I say when we withhold what we're going through and when we're going through things, we're praising and we're worshiping in the midst of, of stormy trials, in the midst of stormy seas, we, we still worship and praise. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner, every prisoner fell off because of their praise. They praised it wasn't just about their chains falling, all the other inmates prison, they fell as well. Yeah. When we're free, other people get free when we choose to enjoy and rejoice and go. The jailer woke up to see the prison. He's sleeping, it's midnight, it's midnight shift. Shows what he's doing, we good, we good, he's caught. He woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped and he drew his sword to kill himself, to take his life. 
Now, no, we look at that many times. Oh, it's, I've shared with y'all between Thanksgiving and Christmas, more people take their life than all the other 11 months put together. And the reason is they come to this season and there's nobody there to offer them hope, to offer them peace, to offer them joy, to offer them love. And they get isolated and alone. And it's just like you when you get alone in your own head and I get alone in my own head and we think thoughts and we think this is the best way out. This is the only thing I can do. And I just want to tell you, this is a real life situation where he's thinking, I'm going to get killed anyway. I'm just going to save the other. I'm going to save the torture because he knew what that torture looked like. It'd be easier for him to take a sword and kill myself. But Paul shouted to him, stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Nobody made a jailbreak. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and found, <clears throat> fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? just by singing praises, just by following the Lord, even in the midst of struggle. They replied, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. If you want to see rejoicing in your life and continue to see this joy that wells up, it's always going to be as we release that which God gives us, that which God instills with us. And this morning, as I close right now, and I'm, I know I've gone over a few minutes, I'm thank you for your graces, your patience. It's been an incredible morning. I love Jesus and thank you for thanking for all that he's done and continues to do. But I want to challenge us this morning in this simple way. Have, has the joy been revealed yet? Are you understanding that it's not what you've done? It's what God has done. Are you understanding that, that God came, that all of this was sent to us? I bring you good news. Great joy, tidings of great joy. I bring, where did it come from? Where did the news come from? It came from heaven. It came from God. He revealed that I bring this to you because we need that. Because we didn't have that. And then if we received that which has been given to us, it's there. It's a matter of receiving, not working. I'm telling you, most people try, they spend their whole life. I can't tell you the people sit in church year after year after year thinking, if I'm good enough, God will love me. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. <laughs> he loves you so much he gave his own son that he would die and wouldn't hold anything back. And then he wants us to take and share that. I'm telling you, the most happy people on the planet are those who are making a difference in other people's lives. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. None. And it's not because they're perfect. 
in their imperfection. All they're doing is saying, God, I love you. I see my stuff. It ain't any better, any worse than anybody else. But God, I'm going after you, and I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life. So this morning, if I'd ask you real quickly, if you'd bow your heads for just a moment, and the only reason I do that, I ask people to bow their head and close their eyes simply because it's the only way I know to get alone in a crowded room. There's, it's not that more spiritual than that. That's it. Because it gives you an opportunity to evaluate where you are. Because as incredible as that person is next to you, they're not going to be there when you stand before God. And that's not a fearful thing. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. But ask yourself this morning, have I been attending to what he's revealed? Or have I allowed the, the situation and the circumstances of life, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our world, the same stuff was happening in Jesus' day. Political upheaval was massive. Rome had dominated the earth. They were paying way too many high taxes. Their, only pe their own people were extra taxing, getting money from them. It was a brutal place to live even then. Ask yourself, are you attending to that or have you allowed circumstances to come and embitter you or have you allowed the Holy Spirit to come and empower you? with this hope, with his peace, with his joy. And then finally, ask yourself, what am I doing right now with my time, with my energy, with my attention? How am I using that to influence or affect somebody else's life around me? And if any one of those, if there's anywhere in one of those where you say, Mark, I just want God to move, first of all, in the revelation. I want him to move in the receiving, and I want him to move in the releasing. If you're in any one of those threes, if you just lift your hand to the Lord, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe God with you and for you. Anybody else? Yep. Thank you, Lord. Anybody in the, receive, the re revelation, the receiving, and the releasing? Of his, his, yep, anybody else? Thank you, Lord. This is, for, this is for you. This is for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Well, I just want to pray with us right now. Father God, thank you right now that your Holy Spirit is right here. That, Lord, you have brought us to this place. Supernaturally, there's no mistakes. You don't make them. Those in this house and those watching online. Lord, I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you would bring supernatural revelation that would become alive in the hearts of many right here, Lord. Those who have raised said, Lord, I want that. I want to see. I want to I experience. And then, Lord, to the receiving, Lord, I thank you right now that, Lord, you would cause us to be better at receiving from you instead of thinking we got to work to get something from you. That, Lord, we'd receive your grace, we'd receive your love, we'd receive your forgiveness. And in so re receiving it, Father, we would take and give that away to a world that desperately needs it. Father, thank you right now for these precious people, each one. Thank you right now, Lord God. Holy Spirit, thank you right now for moving in a mighty way, allowing your joy... Lord, that, 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 that underlying sense that in the midst of it, it's not that it's happy, 
It's in rejoicing, knowing that you have this in your hands, that you are intricately aware of every detail. And Father, I lift Joe Cost up to you right now. Joe, Lord, thank you right now for blessing him. Y'all don't know, but he's battling cancer. Lord, thank you right now for causing that to be broken over his life in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, thank you for many more years of effective, winsome witness. Lord, in your servant, Joe, thank you for what he released in here this morning. Lord, thank you, Lord, for giving him many more years to help bless people around him. I thank you for doing it. Bless his wife, Miss Carolyn, who couldn't be with us this morning. Thank you for blessing them right now with healing and strength. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. If you'll stand up with me at this time. Thank you, Lord. We will be available for prayer like Pastor Mark Anthony said a moment ago. That was a corporate prayer, but we will be glad to pray for individuals. If you have needs, you have physical needs, spiritual, emotional, whatever they are, we're here to pray with you and for you. And when I tell you there's nobody better than anybody else in here, including the pastor, it's the truth. <laughs> we, don't, we believe that all of us are fallen, that God redeems everyone and gives gifts that he wants us to use to help other people. And so we'll be glad to pray with you and for you. Uh, in just a moment. If you would, open your hands to receive from the Lord. I want to remind you again that tonight at 6 o'clock, we will be feasting. Like, there's going to be goodies. Like, there'll be sausage balls and some fun, some good stuff that you'll be eating and enjoying, sweets and salty treats. Y'all come back at 6 o'clock. Plus, we have some amazing singers. I can't wait for it myself. I've stayed out of that practice and rehearsal myself just so it would be a surprise to me. So we'll be doing that tonight. I encourage you to come out and be a part. Father God, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people that your name might be placed on them. And Lord, you in turn would do the blessing. So I say to every one of you in this room and those of you watching online, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift the light of his countenance on you, give you his peace, his power, his provision, and his protection. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Go have a wonderful day in Jesus' name.